0: You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of a compilation of lectures by Rudolf Steiner entitled The Festivals and Their Meaning. I am now beginning the third section, which is on Ascension and Pentecost. It is the seventeenth lecture in the series, the first lecture in this section, entitled The Whitsun Mystery and Its Connection with the Ascension, given in Dornach on the 7th of May, 1923. In the course of the evolution of mankind, The different world religions have placed mighty pictures before humanity. If these pictures are to be fully understood, a certain esoteric knowledge is required. In the course of years, such a knowledge based on anthroposophy has been applied to the interpretation of all the four Gospels, in order that their deeper content and meaning may be brought to light. This content is, for the most part, communicated through pictures because such imagery cannot, unlike concepts and ideas, be reduced to a narrow rationalism. People think that they get to the bottom of a subject just by grasping a concept. No such opinion is possible with a picture, an imagination. A picture or an imagination works in a living way, like a living being itself, like a human being. We may have come to know one aspect or another of it, but as with a living person, it will again present new aspects to us. We shall not be satisfied, therefore, with definitions purporting to be comprehensive, but we shall endeavor to look for characteristics which contribute to the picture from different angles, giving us a continually increasing knowledge. Today I would like to bring two familiar pictures before you and describe certain aspects of them. The first picture is that of the disciples of Christ Jesus on the day of the Ascension. Gazing upward they see Christ vanishing in the clouds. The usual conception of this scene is that Christ went up into heaven and so departed from the earth and that the disciples, and indeed all earthly humanity, for whose sake Christ fulfilled the mystery of Golgotha, were then left to their own resources. The thought may occur to you that in a certain respect this belies the reality of the mystery of Golgotha. We ourselves know that through his deed on Golgotha, Christ resolved to unite his own being with the earth, that is to say, From the mystery of Golgotha onward to remain forever connected with earth evolution. The mighty picture of the ascension might thus seem to be at variance with what esoteric vision of the mystery of Golgotha reveals concerning Christ's union with the earth and with mankind. We will try today to resolve this seeming contradiction in the light of actual spiritual facts. The second picture I would like you to imagine is that of the scene ten days after the Ascension when tongues of fire descend upon the heads of the assembled disciples and they are moved to, quote, to speak with other tongues, close quote. What this actually means is that the disciples were then able to impart the secrets of the deed on Golgotha to the heart of every human being, irrespective of religion or creed. Keeping these two pictures before our minds, we shall try to give at least some indication of their meaning. We know from our study of anthroposophy that the evolution of mankind did not begin on the earth, but that earth evolution was preceded by a moon evolution, this by a sun evolution, and this again by a Saturn evolution, as described in my book titled Occult Science and Outline. Readers aside, also known as an outline of esoteric science. and of readers aside. During the Saturn evolutionary period, man developed in his descent from the spiritual as far as a rudimentary physical body. This, however, was a body of warmth only, that is to say, warmth of varying degrees, forces of warmth gathered together around the being of soul and spirit. During the sun evolutionary period, man acquired an etheric body composed of air, during the moon evolution a kind of fluid, watery body, and a solid, earthy body, in the real sense, only during earth evolution proper. Let us now look specifically at earth evolution. It fulfills its course in seven successive epochs, of which the first three are recapitulations. The first a recapitulation of the Saturn period, the second of the Sun period, the third the Lemurian epoch of the Moon period. Earth evolution proper really begins with the fourth epoch, that of Atlantis. We are living now in the fifth epoch, which will be followed by a sixth and a seventh. The midpoint of earth evolution falls in the middle of the Atlantean epoch, in our present age the earth has already passed the focal midpoint of its development. From this you will realize that it is already involved in a declining phase of evolution. This fact must certainly be taken into account. As I have often said, it conforms entirely with the findings even of modern materialistic geology. In his book titled The Face of the Earth, Edward Seuss has stated that the soil beneath our feet today belongs to an earth that is already dying. During the Atlantean epoch, the earth was, so to say, in its midlife period. It teemed with inner life and had upon it no such formations as the rocks and stones of our time, which are gradually crumbling away. The mineral element was active in the earthly realm in the way in which it is active today in an animal organism, in a state of solution, out of which deposits will not form unless the organism is diseased. If the animal organism is healthy, it is only the bones that can be said to take their form as deposits. In the bones, however, there is still inner life. The bones are not in the condition of death. They are not like our mountains and rocks, in process of crumbling into dust. The crumbling of the rocks is evidence that the earth is already involved in a death process. As already said, this is now known even to ordinary materialistic geology. Anthroposophy must add to this knowledge the fact that the earth has been involved in a process of decline ever since the middle of the Atlantean epoch, the earth including everything that belongs to it, the plants, the animals, and above all physical man. Physical man is part and parcel of the earth. The human physical body is involved in the earth's process of decline. Expressed differently in more esoteric terms, this means that by the middle of the Atlantean epoch, everything that was first laid down in a germinal condition in the warmth body of Saturn evolution had reached completion. The human physical body reached completion by the middle of the Atlantean epoch. And since then, the path of its evolution has been one of decline. Evolution does not, of course, proceed with complete uniformity. One race or people enters a phase of evolution earlier or later than another. At the time of the mystery of Golgotha, however, the evolution of the physical constitution of man had generally reached a stage when humanity all over the globe was facing the prospect of finding further incarnation impossible on the earth, in other words, of being unable, henceforward, to accompany the earth in its declining evolution. This was known in the schools of initiation. Today also we can know that at about the time of the mystery of Golgotha, the human physical body had reached such a degree of decline that those who were then in incarnation or who would be incarnated in the near future, that is, up to about the 4th century A.D., were faced with an earth that was growing dangerously desolate and barren, in which in the future they would be unable to descend from the soul spiritual world, to build a physical body from physical earthly substance. This danger existed, and the inevitable consequence would have been the failure of man to fulfill his allotted earthly mission. By the time of the mystery of Golgotha, the combined Aramonic and Luciferic powers had succeeded in bringing mankind close to the point of extinction. Mankind was rescued from this fate, was healed by the mystery of Golgotha. The human physical body itself was imbued again with the necessary forces of life and freshness, Human beings were thereby enabled to continue their further evolution on earth, could now come down from soul-spiritual worlds and find it possible to live in physical bodies. Such was the very real effect of the mystery of Golgotha. I have often spoken of this, as for example in the lecture course given in Karlsruhe, entitled From Jesus to Christ. The greatest hostility was aroused by these lectures, in which, out of a sense of esoteric duty, I presented certain truths which many people wished to keep concealed. One can even say that from certain quarters the hostility to anthroposophy originated with these very lectures. What I have described in one aspect of the actual effect of the mystery of Golgotha, this same fact can, of course, be expressed in many different ways. It was expressed differently in that lecture course. Yet what I am now describing is merely the same fact seen from another side. Through the mystery of Golgotha, the sustaining forces by which man's physical body grow and thrive were renewed and invigorated. From that time on it became possible for human beings to receive during sleep an impulse they would not otherwise have received. The whole of human evolution on earth takes its course, as we know, in the alternation between waking and sleep. In sleep, the physical body and etheric body remain behind while the ego and the astral body separate from them and become independent. During this state of independence in sleep, the influence of the Christ force takes effect in the ego and the astral body of those who have prepared themselves in the right way for this. Through the requisite mood and content of their soul life. Penetration of these higher bodies by the Christ force, therefore, takes place mainly during the state of sleep. Turning now to the biblical event, to the image of the Ascension, we must realize that at that time the disciples had become clairvoyantly able to behold what is in truth a deep secret of earthly evolution. These secrets remain unnoticed by people's everyday consciousness, which is incapable of knowing whether at one point or another in the evolution of humanity something of supreme importance is taking place. There are many such happenings, but everyday consciousness remains unaware of them. The picture of the ascension actually signifies that at this moment Christ's disciples were able to witness an event of great significance enacted behind the scenes, as it were, of earthly evolution. What they witnessed revealed to them a picture, a prospect of what would have come about for humanity if the mystery of Golgotha had not taken place. They beheld the vivid spiritual reality of what would have then befallen. They saw that that human physical bodies would have so deteriorated that the whole future of humanity would have been endangered. The consequence of this physical deterioration would have been that the human etheric body would have obeyed the forces of attraction which properly belong to it. The etheric body is being drawn all the time toward the sun, not toward the earth. Our constitution as human beings is such that our physical body has earthly heaviness, gravity, but our etheric body, sun-levity. Had the human physical body become what it must have become without the mystery of Golgotha, human etheric bodies would have followed their own urge toward the sun and have left the physical body. The existence of mankind on earth would inevitably have come to an end. Until the mystery of Golgotha... Christ's dwelling place was the sun. As the etheric body of man strives toward the sun, therefore, it is striving toward the Christ. Now picture to yourselves the ascension scene. In spiritual vision, the disciples see Christ himself rising heavenward. A vision is conjured before them of how the etheric nature of man, in its upward striving, unites itself with the power and impulse of Christ. The human etheric body, which was in danger of being drawn out toward the sun like clouds and dispersed, is held together, contained by Christ through the mystery of Golgotha. This picture must be rightly understood, for it is actually a warning. Christ is akin to those forces in us which naturally strive toward the sun and away from the earth, and will always do so but Christ remains in union with the earth. Thus the Christ impulse holds man securely on the earth. In this picture of the ascension, therefore, the disciples perceived what would have happened if the mystery of Golgotha had not taken place. If it had not, and numbers of people had become clairvoyant to the degree to which the disciples became clairvoyant at this moment they would have seen the etheric bodies of certain human beings departing from the earth and would have realized that the etheric earthly element of human beings was being drawn away toward the sun. But the mystery of Golgotha did take place. Christ has rescued for the earth this sunward, striving, etheric body. The fact that Christ grasps and contains what strives sunward shows us that he remains united with earthly humanity. Through the mystery of Golgotha, Christ brought to pass within earth evolution a cosmic event. Christ came down from the heights of spirit, linked himself with humanity in the man Jesus of Nazareth, fulfilled the mystery of Golgotha, united his evolution with that of the earth. It was a cosmic deed accomplished for the whole of humanity. It is important to understand that the mystery of Golgotha was fulfilled for all mankind. The I-E-Y-E of clairvoyance can never fail to perceive how human etheric forces, with their urge to escape from the earth, are united with Christ in order that he may keep them within earth evolution. This applies to all mankind. But suppose that only a handful of human beings had been able to acquire knowledge of these facts that relate to the mystery of Golgotha, and that a large section of mankind, as is actually the case, had not recognized its significance. The earth would be peopled by a few true believers in Christ, and by a large number who do not acknowledge the essential content and meaning of the mystery of Golgotha. What then is to be said of the latter? How are these human beings, who do not acknowledge the mystery of Golgotha, related to it? Or rather, how is the Christ deed on Golgotha related to these human beings? The Christ deed on Golgotha is an objective fact whose cosmic significance does not depend upon what we believe about it. An objective fact has independent reality. If an oven is hot, it does not become cold because a number of people believe that it is cold. The mystery of Golgotha rescues mankind from the decay of the physical body, no matter what people believe or do not believe about it. The mystery of Golgotha was enacted for the sake of all, including those who do not believe in it. That is the cardinal fact to be remembered. We realize, then, that the deed of Golgotha was enacted so that the physical human body might receive fresh strength, and so that mankind could be renewed, reinvigorated, rejuvenated. This has happened. It is therefore now possible for human beings to find on the earth bodies in which they can and will for long ages of future time be able to incarnate. It is, however, as beings of spirit and soul that human beings pass through existence in these now rejuvenated earthly bodies. As beings of spirit and soul, they can appear on the earth again and again. And the Christ impulse, which must have significance for the spiritual nature of man, as well as for his bodily nature, can impress itself upon our waking state, but not upon our sleeping state, unless this impulse has been received into our soul. The mystery of Golgotha, therefore, produces its effect in the waking life of those who had no knowledge of it, but it does not affect them in their life of sleep. The inevitable result of this will be that while human beings have gained the possibility of incarnating time and again on the earth, nevertheless, if they have acquired no knowledge of the mystery of Golgotha, the condition of their sleep will become such that the connection of their spirit and soul nature with Christ will ultimately be lost. This is the difference between those who acknowledge the mystery of Golgotha and those who do not wish to know anything about it. Christ performed his earthly deed for their bodies in order that life on earth should be made possible for them. He performed it for all, including utterly unbelieving non-Christian peoples, but to take effect in man's spirit and soul nature, the Christ impulse must also be able to penetrate into the human soul during the state of sleep. And this is only possible if a person consciously acknowledges the import of the mystery of Golgotha. The spiritual effect of the mystery of Golgotha, therefore, can proceed only from a true recognition of its content. Mankind must therefore come to realize that on the one hand Christ holds back the etheric body in its perpetual urge toward the sun, but on the other, that man's spirit and soul nature, his ego and astral body, can receive the Christ impulse only in the time between falling asleep and waking, which is only possible when knowledge of this impulse has been acquired in waking life. Let us therefore picture once more the ascension scene. The disciples have a clairvoyant vision of the sunward, streaming flow of human etheric bodies. But they also perceive how Christ unites himself with his urge, restrains it, holds it fast. The mighty scene of the ascension is that of the rescue of the physical etheric nature of man by Christ. The disciples withdraw in deep contemplation. For in their awakened souls is the knowledge that through the mystery of Golgotha the physical etheric nature of mankind as a whole has been preserved. But what happens, they wonder, to the spirit and soul? Where do human beings acquire the power to receive the Christ impulse into their spirit and soul, into their ego and astral body? The answer is found in the Whitsun Festival. Through the mystery of Golgotha, the Christ impulse has taken effect on the earth as a reality which can only be perceived and grasped by spiritual cognition. No materialistic knowledge, no materialistic science can understand the mystery of Golgotha. Hence the soul must acquire the power of spiritual cognition, spiritual perception, spiritual feeling in order to be able to understand how on Golgotha the Christ impulse was united with the impulses of the earth. Christ Jesus fulfilled the deed of Golgotha for this purpose, fulfilled it in such a way that ten days after the event of the ascension he sent man the possibility of imbuing also his inner soul spiritual nature, his ego and astral body, with the Christ impulse. The permeation of the human spirit and soul, with the power to understand the mystery of Golgotha, the sending of the Holy Spirit, is the picture of the Whitsun Festival of Pentecost. Christ fulfilled his deed for all mankind. But to each human individual who understands this deed, Christ sent the Spirit, enabling spirit and soul of each individual to have access to what was accomplished for all mankind. Through the spirit we must learn to experience the Christ mystery inwardly in our spirit and soul. Thus these two pictures stand side by side in the history of the evolution of humanity. The ascension picture tells us that the deed of Golgotha was fulfilled for the physical body and the etheric body in the universal human sense. Quitsun tells us that each single human being must make this deed bear fruit in himself by receiving the Holy Spirit. Thereby the Christ impulse becomes individual in each human being. And now we can add something else to the picture of the ascension. Spiritual visions such as came to the disciples on the day of the ascension always have a bearing upon what we can experience in a particular state of consciousness. After death, as you know, the etheric body leaves the human being. We lay aside the physical body at death, retaining the etheric body for a few days, and then the etheric body dissolves, is actually united with the sun. In this dissolution after death, we unite with the sun nature streaming through the realms of space in which the earth is also included. Since the mystery of Golgotha, we can behold both this departing etheric body and the Christ who has rescued it for future earthly existence. Since the mystery of Golgotha, there stands before the soul of every human being who passes through death the ascension picture, which the disciples in their particular soul state were able to behold that day. But, For one who makes the Whitsun mystery too part of his being, who allows the Holy Spirit to draw near to him, this picture after death becomes the source of the greatest consolation he can possibly experience. For now he beholds the mystery of Golgotha in all its truth and reality. This picture of the ascension tells him, You can with confidence entrust all your following incarnations to earth evolution. For through the mystery of Golgotha, Christ has become its Saviour. For one who does not penetrate with his ego and astral body, that is to say, does not penetrate with knowledge and with feeling, to the essence of the mystery of Golgotha, this picture is a reproach until such time as he too learns to understand it. After death, this picture, as it were, admonishes him, Endeavor to acquire for the next earthly life such forces as will enable you to understand the mystery of Golgotha. That this picture of the ascension should to begin with be an admonition is only natural, for in subsequent earthly lives human beings can then endeavor to apply the forces they have been admonished to acquire and gain understanding of the mystery of Golgotha. You can now perceive the difference between those who, with their inmost forces of faith, knowledge, and feeling, put their trust in the mystery of Golgotha and those who do not. The mystery of Golgotha was fulfilled for mankind as a whole only as far as the physical body and etheric body are concerned. The sending of the Holy Spirit, the Whitsun mystery, signifies that the soul and spirit of man can partake of the fruits of the deed on Golgotha only if he strives toward an actual understanding of its essence and meaning. This essence and meaning can be fully grasped by spiritual knowledge alone, not by material knowledge. For this reason, the truth of the Whitsun Festival can only be understood if the sending of the Holy Spirit is recognized as a challenge to strive toward spiritual knowledge. Only through such knowledge can the mystery of Golgotha come to be understood. That it must be understood is the challenge of the Whitsun mystery. That it came to pass for all mankind is the revelation given in the Ascension. It can truly be said that anthroposophy enables us to understand the relation of the Whitsun mystery to the Ascension revelation. When we feel Anthroposophy as a herald which brings illumination to these festivals of spring, the many facets in which it appears to us are complemented by a further essential one. This should convey to you something of the mood of soul in which a true feeling for the festivals of Ascension and Whitsun can arise. The pictures which such festivals bring before the soul are like living beings. We can never exhaust their reality, can always discover more in them. When people strive once more to fill the course of the year with spiritual understanding, for the festival seasons, it will be imbued with real cosmic significance. Within earthly existence, human beings will learn to accompany and experience cosmic existence. Whitsun is also preeminently a festival of flowers. Whoever has a true feeling for this festival will go out among the buds and blossoms opening under the influence of the sun, under the etheric and astral influences, and will perceive in the flower-decked earth the earthly image of what streams together in the two pictures of Christ's ascension and the descent of the tongues of fire upon the heads of the disciples. The heart of man, as it opens, may also be symbolized by the flower Opening itself to the sun. And what pours down from the sun, giving the flower the fertilizing power it needs, may be symbolized by the tongues of fire descending upon the heads of the disciples. Anthroposophy can work upon human hearts with the power that streams from an understanding of the festival times and from true contemplation of each festival season. It can help to evoke the soul mood that truly belongs with these spring festival days. The End of Lecture 17